0: While we may not see it as obvious as it is, the world is crying for us to lead them to the cross. We were created for a fellowship with the Creator. And until that happens in our life, there is an emptiness and a longing that is always within everyone. Whether they acknowledge it or not. Just as the Bible is truth, or whether people agree with that statement or not, the Bible is truth. The truth is there's only one way to God, and that's through His Son Jesus. Today, we're going to be beginning a several-week series of a requirement, not a request. And today I want us to look at the idea of evangelism or witnessing. Some say I cannot evangelize. I don't have that gift. That's not what God's called me to do. And there's all kinds of excuses that we can make. But when we look at that evangelism is actually witnessing, witnessing about what has happened in our life. And if you are a born-again believer... You have a testimony and you have a witness. And God asks us, let me rephrase that, God commands us to share this testimony. If you'll take your Bibles and open to the book of Acts chapter 1. And as you're turning there to kind of set this up for you as we read, Luke wrote the gospel of Luke and he wrote the Acts And back in the day, oftentimes when this would travel around, it would be basically volume 1 and volume 2. The gospel according to Luke would be volume 1. And Luke was explaining about who Jesus was, what Jesus had done, and proving that he was the Messiah. And then you get to volume 2, which is really us. It's telling of what the church is what the church's responsibility is what christ had done and then the forming of the church that's why the end of luke kind of leaves off the same way the beginning of acts starts and he begins acts with jesus getting ready to ascend to heaven and then the rest of acts is about what was being done in the church and we are the church Born again believers of Jesus Christ. Not Catholic, not Roman, not Baptist, not Episcopal. The church is born again believers of Jesus Christ, whatever denomination you may be. Now we know that there are some out there that do not believe the Bible, so we're not going to talk about those today. Those are not what we're here for. But looking at the church as all believers of Jesus Christ, not one particular church. Now, Mount Olivet Baptist Church is a local church. We're a local body of believers, a part of the big church of Jesus Christ. So with that understanding that Lucas wrote, if you would stand with me as we read from Acts chapter 1. Beginning in verse 1. The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles and who were with him. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering By many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know times or epochs, which the father has fixed by his own authority, but... You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Father God, thank you for your word. And Father, I just pray, Lord, right now that, Lord, you would allow Holy Spirit to just touch each one. And Father, our hearts would be softened, our ears opened. Father, our pushbacks and our anxiety when we think about the idea of evangelizing or witnessing. Father, may we just lay it all aside. And Father, would you speak to us today? Lord, what it is that you have for us to hear on this day from you. Father, help me not get in the way. And Father, just speak through me. And Lord God, I just pray everything in the precious, most holy name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. When we think of this idea of evangelism or witnessing, we've got to understand that in this little short section of verses, we get three things that I want us to look at that I believe are very important when it comes to this. And the first one is the church must have power. Amen. The church has to have power. What did Jesus tell him there at verses uh, 4 and 5? He basically told him that John the Baptist had baptized with water, but you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now to wait for that. And then he says in verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. For them at this point, Jesus is still on earth. And the Holy Spirit, we have seen in Old Testament, would come on and rest on people for a time, for a period, and then the Holy Spirit would leave. And then God would have another task for someone else, and the Holy Spirit would come and reside on them. But what we're seeing here, Jesus said, I'm getting ready to go back to the Father. And when I do, I've already told you, I'm going to send a helper. But I want you to think just a moment put yourself in an apostle's shoes this morning the apostles all had a life of their own prior to jesus coming on the scene they all had a career of their own jesus come along many of them there along the sea and he told them to come and what follow me and what they they left everything You see, these apostles were good little boys. They had listened in Sunday school and they had been told that there is a Messiah coming one day that's going to restore the kingdom. You see, back in the day when God had pulled them out of Egypt, he put them in Jerusalem and during King David's time and especially during King Solomon's time, they were in rule of Israel. Things were great. Things were wonderful, but they turned their back on God. And because of that, Israel had now come into Roman emperor rulement. And they're thinking here as we're, we're seeing this. And now... The one they're following was crucified just some 40 days before where we're at in our passage today. All of their hopes, all of their dreams of the one they're following that they give up their life for, he's dead and he's in a tomb. Can you imagine? You've given up everything. And in three years, all of your hope has vanished, it's in a grave. But it wasn't long after that, we know, we just celebrated. Three days later, he'd come out. Can you imagine your excitement now? He's back. Here he is again. Let's get all of our hope up. But now he's talking about leaving again. You see, Jesus knew that his task had been completed when he died on that cross. That forgiveness for sins was made. And in his human flesh, Jesus could only be in one place at one time with one group of people. But he knew that when he ascends to heaven, he's going to ask the Father. The Father's going to send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, who can then come and reside with everyone at the same time, wherever you're at. Whatever struggle that you're dealing with, He's with you. You don't have to wait. It's not that, let me dial, doop, 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 doop. and the phone rings. Thank you for calling heaven. All lines are busy at the moment. If you want to speak to Jesus, press one and you'll answer as soon as He's available. No. We each have the Holy Spirit with us right now. That was for them. In a few days, the Holy Spirit was going to be coming. They were going to go into a prayer meeting to connect with the Father for a period of time until Holy Spirit rushed in like a rushing wind. They could hear it. People all around heard it. It was like tongues of fire over each one of them as Holy Spirit filled them with the power of God. What an extraordinary experience that then moved out and many come to follow Christ after what happened. That still happens today for you and for I the moment, not sometime later, the moment we accept Jesus Christ Holy Spirit fills us. We could read it here as it says that the Holy Spirit has come on you in the power when the Holy Spirit. It's in the Holy Spirit. The moment we surrender our lives to Christ, he forgives us and we are filled with power from on high. Not power to do just anything, but power To work, Power to be his. And let me tell you, maybe not you, but for me, I need power to live in this world. Because this world is full of dark and evil stuff. And the Bible tells us that. And as believers, we're holy. We're called to be set apart. And I can't do it on my own. Because with Holy Spirit in me, yes, I have all power. But you know, sometimes I still have a little flesh in me. And it's not easy because Satan knows what that little flesh is. And he wants to bring us, but we have that power. The power. The church has to have the power. I like I've heard this from a professor down at on campus. Listen to this. I never thought about it this way. God did not form a mission for his church. He formed a church for his mission. No matter the size church you were in, you were to be on mission. You know, God didn't create the church and then said, let me come up with something for them to do. God had a task. God had a purpose. And while we don't always like this, we don't just lean over toward this. And I'm honest with you, I don't either. I have to do it every week. I have an accountability. To make sure that I am out sharing and witnessing. Why does a preacher need that? Why does the seminary put that out there? We don't need nobody just, oh, let's go share today. No, but we have this power. And God had a mission and he chose to use us. Think about that. Does God really need you and I to do anything? Now, I wasn't here when he created the universe. He just spoke it and it happened. But he chose to use his creation for his mission. He picked us. Individually, unique, created us with our own desires, our own personalities. And he called us into the church and those of us believers surrendered to that. And he said, I'm going to use you. That's why I've created you. I created you for my mission. And he said, the power will come upon you. What were they doing when the power come upon them? They were praying. You want power? There's power being on your knees in prayer. I understand some of you. I already heard it. You know, I got this power that I can hear you thinking. Some of you said, Pastor, if I get on my knees, I'm never getting up. But sometimes it's an attitude of the heart. If you're able to, let me tell you, there's power of physically getting on your knees. There are sometimes in my study, I'll be honest with you, that I am prostrate just laid out totally on the floor. In humble and honest that God would use somebody like me. You know, it doesn't matter what education I have. It doesn't matter anything about me and myself. I'm unworthy to stand here. But God called me and he's given me the power to do this. All of us are unworthy to share, but God gave us a testimony. It cost his son's life so that you could have a testimony. And then his son ascended so that you could have that power. The second thing that we see here is I believe he's saying to us Stop longing for the past. When I was writing that out and the Lord was speaking to me, I said, Ouch, Lord, you're stepping on my toes. How many times have we said, even within us, if only we could get back like it was before COVID? COVID. Or maybe we could look back even before my time here and we look at all of these pews. And many of you remember the day that 550 people were here on a Sunday. If we could just get back, how great things could be. See, that's exactly what the apostles were doing. Look there at verse 7. It says, So when they came together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time that you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? God, are you putting Israel back where it was? Back in the day that things were great. Back in the day that Rome wasn't over us. They hated Rome. They hated the Roman rules. But they remember the day that they were told about when Solomon was king and there was peace and God's man was sitting on the throne ruling them. They're asking, Jesus, is this the day? Are you fixing to take us back and put us where we were? I don't think Jesus liked that too much. Look at what he said there at verse 7. He said to them, it's not for you to know times or epics which the Father has fixed by his authority. It's not for you to understand the times, a particular time that something's going to happen. And then the epics, he said, it's not for you to know when he's coming back. Epics talking about the, the end times. He said, this isn't for you to know. You know, I can hear in his attitude, he said... stop Stop focusing on the past it's gone We, we don't have it anymore there's nothing else we can ever do about the past and I believe he said stop worrying about the future so much I've told you my word I'm coming back for you You're so worried about the past and you're so worried about the future that you're forgetting to live in the present. I have a mission for you. You've got to focus on the here and now. You can't bring it any time quicker. As excited as I think we would know. As excited as we would be to go to heaven. I am so glad, church, let me tell you, I am so glad I do not know when that's going to happen. I'm so glad I don't know when I'm going to die. Many of us would like to say, oh, I'd like to know when I die. No, you don't. Because as every day went by, you would be more concerned, you'd be more worried about it. We can't necessarily change certain things in the future. What we can change is be about telling our story so that we can be saving people, giving them the message, leading them to the cross, snatching them out of hell. Because that's what Satan has them. If you're a non believer, people are wrapped up in bondage to Satan. And he's taken them straight to hell and he's closed their eyes. We see in scripture that he talks about that he's opened up their eyes. Let me read to you out of Luke. Luke chapter 24. Verse 44 says, Now he said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you. I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scripture. And he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead on the third day. And that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem... You are witnesses to these things. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. But you are to stay in the city. You are clothed with power until you're clothed with power from on high. They went into the prayer meeting. He's telling them it's not the past. You know, I still talk to people today. And, you know, it's, you know, how nice would it be? If Trump was back president again? How nice would it be if whoever was president? How nice would it be if only we were younger again and we didn't have hip problems and knee problems and back problems? I think sometimes how nice would it be, as much as I didn't like it, be back in maybe high school where I didn't have to pay bills. I could just sit at home. Well, I'd do my schoolwork now. You know, I didn't like doing schoolwork then, but if that's all I had to do, you remember those days? They were good old days. You know, if only a particular person was preaching at a particular church, the things that we all see power in, the things that we remember, they're not anymore. And I believe they're not anymore because God has something greater in store. Stop looking in the past. Stop wondering. You know, Trump can't change the future. Trump cannot save lives. Trump doesn't have that power. It's the Holy Spirit who comes upon us at the moment of our salvation that gives us the power. And Jesus is telling that because of that power that we will be his witnesses. And that's the third thing I want us to look at is the church must be witnessing. Let's throw whatever word you don't like away. If you don't like the word evangelism because it makes you nervous, throw it away. It's not about the word. What is evangelism? But it's witnessing. That's why Jesus started the church with these 11 apostles. Because Judas had already killed himself by this point. So we're, we're down to 11. He started the church with them. And if you remember just a letter over in Acts that they step up. And Peter talks about having to go ahead and get another person. But there was a qualification that he had spent time with Jesus. He was there when Jesus was crucified and raised. Why was that? Because their mission was to witness about the death burial, and resurrection of Christ. And Jesus knew that it was going to be difficult for them, that many of them would be put to death, and if they hadn't witnessed it, they wouldn't probably stand as strong. Now, as time goes on, the stories begin to be moved down, and we hear those, and we learn those, thankfully today we're not asked to renounce or to be killed it happens all around the world praise the lord it's not happening here right now but we have this power and we need to be about what is he says but you will receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses here it is both in jerusalem and in all judea and samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth The church has a responsibility. And as part of the church, each of us carry a responsibility. It's not a request. It is a requirement of God that we be about telling what he has done in our life. Church, can I get an amen? Are you thankful that Christ saved you from your sins? Amen? Amen. I believe we're all thankful for that. It's wonderful. And I promise you, it's easy to sit right in here and say, amen, preacher, because all of us in here believe it. But it gets more difficult when we go out that door. But if we are excited about what Christ has done for us. How much must we hate someone to not tell them the good news? You know, oftentimes we don't look at it that way. You know, I just, I'm going to be quiet. I'm just going to be myself. Every person we pass. I'm not saying go every time you walk past somebody, grab them down, sit them out, pull out that big Bible under your arm, let me share the gospel. Our life tells a story, but it's more than that. We must be in prayer, in communion with the Father, asking him to point out people in our life. Put us in a situation where we can share testimony. Sitting at the restaurant Thursday night enjoying quite a good meal waitress come by several times we've been talking and i said can i ask you a question she said yeah i said has anyone ever told you how god had created a perfect world and that sin entered in and we got separated from him but he loves us enough that he sent his son to die on the cross and to raise from the grave so that we could be restored to him. This is what I got. I don't think so. That wasn't hard. Planted a seed. She didn't have time for me to go any further. I said, would you do me a favor? I said, do you have a Bible at home? She said, yes. I said, go read the gospel according to John. And she said, John. She says, okay. So now I have to leave it. You see, I've done my part. Holy Spirit's the one that draws. Holy Spirit's the one that convicts. I've just got to hope and pray that she will go and read that. And maybe from that she'll surrender. Someone else will come across her path. You see, it's not every time we witness. It's not every time we share that someone gets saved. I think they say it's like someone has to hear the gospel some ten times or more. Often before they do that. Some of us plant the seed. Many of us water the seed. And gratefully there's times that God allows us to be there in the harvest. But where is this? When We see here that it's going to start in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the remotest parts of the earth. You're thinking, praise the Lord, I don't live in Jerusalem, Judea, or Samaria, so I don't have to do this. No. Let me rephrase some of this for you. Jerusalem, that's their closest circle. It's where they live. Where do you live? That's your Jerusalem. We might say Stanley Community. Maybe even DeSoto Parish would be the Jerusalem that the church as a whole has a responsibility of reaching out to. But then it says it's going to go to Judea and Samaria. That'd be North America for us. And then the remotest parts of the world, what we would call overseas. It doesn't say that you will be a witness in one of these. It says in all of them. Why is this a requirement, not a request on my heart? Well, church, let me tell you one thing. I wish I had a picture of it. You've heard me talk about this before. Have you ever heard of the Dead Sea? Dead Sea is over in Israel. And it's called Dead Sea for that very reason. There is nothing, nothing living in the Dead Sea. It is so salty. Remember when I went to Israel, it was, we finally made our way there. Only a few of us went in. It was like 45 degrees, and I'm like, that's water, and it's cold. But I said, I may never be here again. So I went and put on some swim trunks and go walking out to the water. The wind was blowing, and you begin to walk. And when the water got right about here, my feet just come up. My top of my body never moved, but my feet come up, and you just float. Do you know why the Dead Sea is dead? It's the lowest place. Everything feeds into the Dead Sea and nothing goes out. Church, if we're not going out of these walls, in just a few short years, this church will be dead and no more. It's that serious. And more than that, this is what we've just been looking at here. Verse 9, let me read this to you. After he said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. The last words Jesus spoke was the command to go and be witnesses. God didn't ask how scared we were. Be truthfully, God didn't ask my opinion. He didn't ask your opinion. But I wholeheartedly believe from seeing where this is told over and over in Scripture, if we are not witnessing, we're living in sin. You see, sin's not always about what we do. We often hear, Satan tempted me and I did this or I did that. Satan also tempts us not to do stuff. And if we want this power of Holy Spirit to flow through us as individuals and then into this church, if we want what's better yet to come, we've got to be cleansed of the sin that's in our life, of apathy, of being just fine, just the way we are. We're often good we'll have visitor or guests come and we might say hello to them. But are we out of these walls as individuals and as a church in our area? If we're honest with ourselves, the answer is No. Are we out in our parish as Mount Olivet? Are we out in our parish doing things to reach people? I have to give you the same answer, no. Are we out in the world overseas? No. Now, yes, we give, and that's great. We give to state missions. We give to North American missions. We give to foreign missions. We have to be out there. There are people that come across our paths. And we need to be witnessing. And and let me tell you, when this happens, you know, when COVID hit, we all went to that verse about, you know, Lord, heal our land. Y'all remember that verse? We prayed it many a times, but we've got to confess, church. And I think today is the day for us as a whole. For me, myself, as much as I try to get out there and witness, I need to be doing more. So today, I want us to understand that this witnessing, this evangelism, it's not a request, but it's a a requirement. And I'm just going to ask you right now, bow your heads where you are. Maybe Holy Spirit speaking to you this morning. And you just want to come to these altars. Church, I'm calling us as Mount Olivet to repentance. Before a holy God today, for a lack of our witnessing. That's me too. Confess right where you are. Like I say, if you want to come to these authors, I, I believe we need to fill these authors up, coming to the Lord, asking Him to forgive us, knowing that we have power. And I believe that if we are willing to confess to him, he will stir this power up in us. And we must be seeking him for the days ahead. Altars are open. Just let Holy Spirit lead you. Miss Madeline's just going to be playing softly in the background.